0: Miller and Condon. Ken Miller, Trent
1: Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
0: KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXO as we talk the world of sports with you and do so for the next couple of hours uh, here today. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we're going to talk Cardinals as they get set to play Game 5, Cardinals and the Bravos. You can hear the game here. Uh, if you can't be in front of your television, first pitch is scheduled for 4:02. The Fanatics will be preempted today, uh, but they'll be back tomorrow, at least for an hour, because then Hawk Central, followed by Cyclone Fanatic, followed by the Hawkeye Nation radio program, so uh, the Fanatics off today because of Cardinal baseball game number five. Brian Walton will speak with Trent and I here coming up in about 25 minutes. We're going to head to Vegas. Kenny White, formerly, well, he did so many things out in Vegas. This guy, look up his bio if you're sitting at your desk and you're bored. Uh, Kenny White, Las Vegas. Uh, Kenny White got his first job at a, at a sports book in his early 20s, two years later, Trenton. This is back, in, I want to say, in the 80s. Okay. He's setting the line for all the properties in Nevada. So was it something statistically that he, he had? had? He formed or owned or was president of, and maybe all three, Las Vegas Sports Consultants. Heard of that. Was Which was the uh, the company. And Kenny White was the head of that and was the was the line maker in Las Vegas. So point being where I'm going with telling you we're lucky to have this dude. He's mm-hmm. as good as there is. Um and we're gonna pick his brain over the next few weeks. I know that there's a lot of people that are, you know, getting into sports for the first time and you and I sometimes I think kind of talk over some of our audience. We do, yeah. And we certainly don't mean to. Um I've been a degenerate for twenty years. Right. Exactly. You're sick as they come. <laughs> yes. And by the way, you didn't bet a lot to make a little last night, did you? Ah. Uh, you
2: told me not to See here's the problem. Monday night uh-huh. I wanted to take the 49ers to talk me out of it. Uh-huh. And then last night just well, to... because you were on the Browns all week. I was. You tried you, you said I I told you I really like the Astros, but you've told me many times in the past. Yep. Don't bet a lot to make a little. Mm-hmm. I didn't listen to you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Verlander yeah. was not Verlander last so night. So if I, I would have just
2: flip flop, listened to you ah. last night and gone the other way on Monday, I'd be 2-0. and o. Instead, here we are, 0-2 and, and licking our wounds on a Wednesday. As
0: Kenny White would say, and it's one of my favorite gambling expressions, they're going to sing the anthem somewhere tomorrow, Trent, which means we've got a game and we've got action on it. we
2: right. got two games today. Oh my, hey,
0: hang on a second. I agree with you. But we poo-pooed this Sunbelt game early in the week. Have you looked at it? These are the two division leaders. Very well could be a championship. We we could see this. I agree. The 4-0 Unbeaten uh, leader in the East versus the four and one unbeaten in the in the in the West. I know it's deciding game fives in baseball, and yes, that's where I'll spend, and I'm assuming you'll spend most mm-hmm. of your night. But don't just uh, you know overlook which could be a good Wednesday night game in college football.
2: Something to flip back and yes. forth to. That's yes. a good thing to have. Baseball season's easy. We got right. five, six, seven games going on at the same time. As we move through the uh, months, though, it becomes a little bit later to find that extra game.
0: You know, you really if you live here, you really don't need the Major League Baseball package. No, right? I don't get it, and because you get, I mean, Trent, you can see, I get the sports pack through
2: Directv, which is eleven ninety nine, I think, a month mm-hmm. extra. So with it, I get not the our our local quote unquote team right. is the Cardinals, right? So you get Fox Sports Midwest with your Directv package, regardless, yep. of what you have. But you get the sports pack. You get Fox Sports Kansas City, mm-hmm. Fox Sports Sports North, which is the Twins, right? Wisconsin for the Brewers, yep. White Sox, and the, the Cubs. Cubbies,
0: yep, on six sixty five. So that's what five teams. That's a bunch. That's probably, I think that's probably six. Six teams. Yes, yeah, six, six teams. See, I can see about everything. Plus, you, you really get MLB can. Network, right? ESPN's got games. Yes. So I'm kind of teetering. I don't know. if Well, the, I buy it because of the Blue Jays, right? And they, I shouldn't have the last couple of years. Yeah. But anyways, and it's still going
2: to be a long rebuild. Yeah, it is. But I know you about like the me. young guys, but...
0: Yeah, I'm excited about them. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, let, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, last night was unbelievable. It was terrific theater. I mean, Tampa Bay, give them credit. We've got three game fives. How about that? Three game five, Other than the Twins, oh. who were swept. I don't want to rub your nose and it. Remind you of it. Salt in the wound there. Yeah. Um, three of these games going... There are three Three of these series, rather going the distance, and two of them which play out tonight. So let's take a couple of minutes and start about a local, uh, talk about a local story that uh, first crept onto Twitter, kind of whispers onto Twitter on Saturday morning. Now there was another game where officials had to be escorted off the field. Gr- oh, I don't want to say in case I'm wrong. I'm pretty, but there was another. There game. was another game. Yes, where officials had to be escorted off their field due to parents. This wasn't a foray game. Okay. And it wasn't, I want to say, I don't think it was in Polk County. Um, but it's close, kind of close. Anyways, but I'm not going to say because I'm not 100% right. But I know I'm right about the story. I'm just not right about the school. But I know we're right when we talk about Lincoln and Dowling because we saw that. And we've seen now Jason Storm, who. Turned himself in. Mm-hmm. Well, he was booked at four forty three this morning. All right. So I don't know how long the process takes. Thankfully, I've never been. I've never had to pose in an orange jumpsuit. Um, so I don't know how long that process takes. I guess is where I'm going. I don't know if he got there at four. Is that the first thing mm-hmm. they do is they put you in the suit, they take your picture and the fingerprints? I'm not sure of the uh, of the uh, the chain of events, how they happen. But anyways, 4.43 in the morning. So th- this goes back, and I'm sure you've heard the story now. I know that it's been a big talker on, on Murph and Andy. I believe the uh, morning rush was, uh, was on the story this morning as well. But Jason Storm, an assistant coach uh, at Lincoln with the Rails, they played Dowling last week at Valley Stadium. And there was an incident in the game where a Dowling player um, hit Jason Storm's son, who's the quarterback mm-hmm. of Valley, uh, of, uh, of Lincoln, um, with what looks to be, and again, there's, this isn't like you're sitting on a Saturday or a Sunday and you've got the advantage of a whole bunch of different camera angles so you can definitively see what happened. It sure looked like a, a, a helmet to helmet play. No doubt. Uh, to to a lot of people, and I think that's the way that you know. If we had all those angles, I think we. We'll, ooh, that's a bad one, mm-hmm. uh, and we can't find an angle that shows anyway, uh, otherwise that this was not a headshot. This was a shoulder making contact with the head. But here's where it gets dicey, Trent, because Jason Storm's son was the quarterback who got clocked and
2: had a concussion a year ago. And had a concussion a year ago.
0: Now. It is really tricky. And we don't have to tell you this. Uh, If you're a parent and you're coaching your son uh, or your daughter, it's difficult to remove. You're sure you're a coach, but first and foremost, your dad. Right. Your dad. And I have no idea. um, None of us do know how we would react if put in those shoes. Here's what I didn't see. And thankfully, the Lincoln coaches and some of the players realized that this could get really bad really quickly and before it escalates any further I'm going to come between here and try and you know prevent coach Storm father Storm no you know dad Storm uh from from doing something that he'll really regret down the line it's a tough spot Trent he resigned from his post I think that he had to do that But to be arrested, and the city of West Des Moines, the police has just put out, the city has just put out this release. It's two paragraphs. I'm going to read it. Uh, You can find it at... Gov. So Moines.iwood.gov, you can see the statement. But on October the 4th, an altercation occurred at Valley Stadium during a football game between Lincoln and Dowling. The incident involved two adults, Jason Storm and a game official. After threatening an official, Storm was asked to leave the stadium, and he complied. The game official filed a police report with a West Des Moines Officer, The incident was reviewed by West Des Moines detectives. The investigation determined probable cause existed to charge Storm with harassment first degree. The investigator replied for and received an arrest warrant. Uh, The investigators contacted Storm's attorney and arranged for Storm to turn himself in early Wednesday morning, which he did. So it's become criminal, and it's not become criminal because of any physical altercation. It became, it became, I guess, crossed the line into criminality with harassment when he said something to the official in the heat of, um, again, he's dad and he's a coach. Tough to separate. Isn't that far? Are, are we... Isn't this enough, I guess. I yeah, I I, yeah. I don't it's not that I feel bad for Jason Storm. He made a mistake.
2: He did. Jason Storm And he has been out front and he right. resigned right away. Yes he did. Monday morning he resigned from his post as an assistant football coach at Lincoln. He has come out through his lawyers, mm-hmm. which you'd anticipate, but he has certainly apologized and for his And KCCI
0: actions. had him in the same room as the attorney on Sunday's news. Mm-hmm. I think WHO just had the attorney yesterday, so maybe Storm was, I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember him speaking on the KCCI piece, but I saw that. Trent, I think that's enough, honestly. Yes. I think he's resigned. I think he's um he, he knows that he made a mistake. Uh he knows that I mean, I don't know, is he going to be barred from going to high school events as a parent going forward from this? I it seems to me like he's paid his price is where yes. I'm going.
2: What are we doing
0: here? That that's my
2: question. What is the official, the sideline official that was getting yelled at? That's mm-hmm. what it was. Again, nothing physically Right. and it very well could have gone. Over that line, it's one thing from saying you missed that call to I'm going to end you. those, right. those are compl- is the official still scared for his life? Is that well, where apparently is he ran?
0: was Trent, or or what? Maybe this was the breaking point for him. I don't know. I have no idea what the official's history is. Maybe this is the you know the fourth straight week that this guy's it's, taken yeah. some abuse. Maybe this is a way of you know trying to keep parents in check going forward. And now that you know that these the at least possibility of criminal charges being filed against you. Look, if he's in the stands, nothing happens, right? He's just a parent in the stands that's going over the top. He's going to yell from the stands at the official. Hopefully it doesn't escalate to where the officials are trying to leave the field after the game and they're in fear of their own safety, which apparently this happened Mm -hmm. on Friday night again this week. Um, But this guy's been, we all know his name, we all know that uh, that he was coach, yet dad, and he snapped, and he can no longer do what he loves doing. He's done it for 15 years. It's mm-hmm. not like he just popped in. when, Cause, cause when the Yeah, Sonny through. Boy's the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but he's been doing this for a while, so I don't know if this goes back to the Mahalovich era at Lincoln. It would, yeah. It would if he's been there the mm-hmm. whole time. But I, I, I think that, look, I'm not the judge and jury in this, but for me, I've got my pound of flesh. Yes. I'm good.
2: The guy... That intimidated you is off the sidelines. Correct. The guy Never that, coach again. He will not be there. You do not have to worry about him being that close to you going forward. Does what, this see a courtroom? I don't think so. I hope not. And I'll tell you, I know plenty of officials. And if you're the head of a crew yeah, and this is your, your side judge, yep. I'm going to guess, and I know the majority of the officials I've talked to this week would be saying, what is your endgame? Mm. What are you looking to get out of this? Mm -hmm. And if there isn't anything more than what you already have, drop the charges. Right. This is not a good look. Officials already get enough grief, enough negativity. This is not looked at in a positive light for the the officials.
0: If if there's contact there.
2: Completely different story. Different story. How many times did we see during the summer? Remember those two baseball? There was that Little League. We talked about it probably back in June. June, I don't recall. They... uh, it was a youth official, and it was like a fourteen-year-old kid. No, it was a national
0: story, okay. and
2: a group of parents beat the crap out of the guy.
0: Yes, I remember that. I remember what you're talking about now. Yes, at
2: a it was like eight-year-old kids, something like that,
0: and it was a young. Mm-hmm. I remember that a young umpire. Yep, and they, they have video from behind the uh, yes. behind home plate or the you know the stands. That's not what we're talking about. No, These are this words. was a guy who said something. Right, sticks and, and probably stones. said something intimidating. I get he that. He probably did. I, I'm going to blank and kill you or whatever. Right? But who hasn't said that in a game? Yes. And again, I this is this is 2019 and maybe the rules have changed. I guess. I don't know. But honestly, I think we've gone too far. Again, if you touch, if you would have laid a hand on this we, official, throw book We're him having a, a, a completely different conversation. Absolutely. Good for you. Even if he would have grabbed him. Not, not even punched him. Right. Granted. Got his attention to turn him so yes. he could verbally abuse. But it didn't that, get that far. It didn't. And, and again, it's this. This was the history was there with the concussions. The ref didn't know that when no. he missed the call. I'll give you that. But it's not like this is a missed pass interference or a missed hold or hmm. somebody jumped offside. This is a this is a play we're trying to get out of football if we want the same that it'll save the game we all love, and that's not over the top, gang. No, big. If there's fewer and fewer kids, look who just who just canceled football season. Hmm. Uh, one of the small schools just canceled. Was it Simpson? Central? No, no, it was Grinnell. Was it Grinnell? Yeah, somebody just canceled football. Yes, Grinnell did. Yep, Grinnell. There you go. Because they they, too many injuries and not Mm -hmm. a not enough guys playing the game anymore. This is a college team, right? A college team. Sorry, we're done. So we have to get that play out of football. We do. But you know what? These are officials. They're going to miss calls. Was that a bad miss? That was an awful miss. But since we've taken it this far. I just think it's too far, Trent.
2: I'm right there with you. I,
0: I, you know the detectives in West Des Moines. I, I don't know how busy they are, but they found time to. I, I don't. I'm not this isn't. A, this is me wagging my finger at the police. It's not. It's. It's it has nothing to do with. You know, there was a complaint filed. They followed up on the complaint, so you you certainly you know can't pick a bone with them. It's just. Um, I think Jason Storm's been ridiculed. I think the family's been embarrassed. There was no physical contact; it was all verbal. Maybe we are wrong. If you are, feel free to call us. You know, two eight four five nine six six. We've got uh, five minutes, I guess, uh, somewhere in there—five, ten minutes. Uh, Brian Walton and then Kenny White uh, are going to join the program. Uh, but if you have, uh, if you have a sending view you'd like to share, that we'd love to hear it. This is about our, our, our takes.
2: And uh, got a call right now from Chad. He's part of the uh, the group of Des Moines officials. Chad, uh, jump on here. Tell us a little bit your title. And uh, exactly. Chad was on the field. No, no, no. Gotcha. He's he's no, part no. of the group. <laughs> Help us out here, Chad. Uh, your background a little bit.
3: Well, I am uh, the vice president of basketball for the Des Moines Official Association. I've been a high school basketball official for about twenty-three years, um, and I, I we also our our association encompasses football officials and as well as uh, basketball officials here in the Des Moines area. And so we have weighed in on it, whether we wanted to have a take. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the bigger deal here is, like, for officials, uh, you know, this is a livelihood. Obviously, we need officials. And, yes. you know, why would they, why would they file charges? Um, you know, cause, because these are independent contractors. This, this gentleman was not part of an association. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's important for officials that aren't part of an association to become a part of an association because of instances like this. Because, you know, everybody does want their pound of flesh. And this guy has a real job. Um, he, ha- he does this as a livelihood, and he's built this career. Mm-hmm. And this could be a career ender for him. and, and You know, and everybody wants to go at him. And, and you know, every, every angle is different, the call, everything like that. But ultimately, this guy has a life. And his two kids, I guess, were on the game as the crew as well.
0: I and wasn't now, aware of that.
3: Three guys that are considering giving up, you know, mm. the, the, the profession yep. uh, because of how serious we are about this, you know, and I, and I understand the hit was serious and, and it can be looked at in a lot of different ways. But ultimately, I think, you know, the, the if he said something that threatened his life, Absolutely, he should press charges, and, mm-hmm. and our association would support that as well.
0: Yeah, Chad, um, Chad I'm you glad know, you brought this up because that, that's, a, that's a whole different layer of this, and it's a valid it's a it's a valid point that you bring up. Because if we don't have officials, we don't have games, and fewer and fewer. Seemingly, it's tougher to get umpires. I mean, these umpires are now working you know uh, five, six, seven games a day in some cases, uh, just because of the fact that there are fewer people that are doing this. So what would the magic word be, Chad? What would the magic word that this official here that thought his life was being threatened? And I have to imagine if you've been doing this for 23 years, and I have no reason to believe that, you, you know, that you're exaggerating. I don't believe you are. You must have heard in that 23 years some pretty foul stuff coming out of you know sidelines or courtside or parents or whatever in, uh, in your career. Uh,
3: yeah, Absolutely. Well, you know, a uh, threatened on my life. Uh, in the middle of a game, uh, that that would that would definitely warrant the ejection, and and sure. you know I have I, I'm not not trying to bring this into it, but I have been assaulted early in my career after a basketball a varsity basketball game, mm. and you know again I I did not press charges and I should have, and I did not because my partner and I were sitting in a Perkins talking about whether this might end our careers that we were trying to build, you know because we don't want that stigma as a private contractor i mean i don't have i did not have a support group i had nobody looking out for me as an Mm -hmm. official then everybody's coming at me i got fees and things now this guy was a part of a nasa which is helping him and and i'm sure that they're leveraging some of that you know in, in the greater good of officiating but you know this we can't attack game officials. We cannot do that, even you know, even verbally.
0: even verbally. I mean, I get the physical part. And there that's, was that's kind of crossing the line. Is there. it you're threatening yep. my life
3: on the field? You know, I mean,
0: again, yeah. I, I've
3: been to yeah. That's that's tough. Mm-hmm.
4: That's
2: I, tough. I don't know, and, and I wasn't there, and I don't know, but me neither. I, I, I've I've officiated too. I've officiated to high yep. levels, and I've heard those types of things, and I have heard, I have had my life threatened. But I never took it literally, and, and that's again not being there. It's very difficult. So, what is the sure. end game? And, and I think that's what I think Ken and I are both struggling with here. For this official, what is he looking to get out of this? These harassment charges are—is are this going to improve the officiating community? Is this going to get people out there? Because I think there would be an opportunity here to make officials and, and be a face to this, and explain and make coaches and parents and everybody involved. This is not what you do. It can be a positive This story is not taking a positive turn in my mind.
3: Uh, it, it, it has, it's on a slippery slope, I would agree. Uh, you know other other states, larger states uh, I'll just reference Texas you know uh, the games are assigned through an association, and, and that provides some layers um, of protection for, for schools and officials. And, you know, right now the state in Iowa is that, you know, it's just a lot of private contractors running around being assigned by mm-hmm. um, veteran officials or private assigners. And, you know, where, where's the protection for the officials? You know, that, that to me what should be the ultimate message mm-hmm. here is yes, that sir. officials everywhere should join an association, their local association, and get involved. Uh, because we, as you know, just like elect- electricians, we need our union or our association to back us for things like this.
0: Do you think it'll? Li- last thing, Chad, uh, we got to let you go. Do you think this will yep, see a yep. courtroom? Will this see a courtroom, Chad?
3: Um, you know, it, it, it might, it mm-hmm. might. You know, if the, if you, the, you know, it might, it might, it might. Like I said, I should have fifteen years ago. I should have done it, and I did and I wish I would have, and my my cause would have been the greater good of all officials,
0: yeah, no look at you guys you you guys absolutely do not deserve to be treated that way. Um, this guy resigned. He's no longer going to be on a sideline. The fact that it was his son that, was, that took the uh, Look, everybody misses calls. We miss calls on Thursday, Friday, yeah, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's going to happen regardless of sport. Chad, listen, I really appreciate you coming in here and uh, sh- and uh, giving us a different side uh, of this story from an official standpoint. Thank you for calling the yeah, program.
3: Before, before you let me go, I want that official to know that, you know, the Des Moines Officials Association, even though he's not a member, we, we support him 100% if he needs anything. Uh, we are here for
0: him. Good to talk to you, Chad. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. Thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate you calling. In. Uh, good, uh, good, good, good take from Chad. An excellent point. Look, we we don't want to lose football. Mm-hmm. We don't want to lose sports in general. No, and they, we would and lose we sports. Need officials. Yes, we do it every in every sport.
2: Yes, it, regardless of what it is. I like I said, I officiated during college mostly. Yep. Uh I one time feared for my life as I missed a home run call. In a slow-pitch softball game. Yeah, it was, think about that. It was between... A beer league. Beer league, yeah. slow-pitch softball, and a bunch of 40, 50-year-old men running after 20-year-old B. That they're going to kill me because I missed
0: a home run call. Uh, Brian Walton joins the program next. Miller and Condon are here until noon on Des Moines Sports. Oh, Trent, good catch. Yeah, we, we forgot to, to do this. Just give away some big money here. Indeed. It's time... <laughs> To put another thousand dollars in that bull bankroll. We're going to do our darndest to do that. Just text the keyword super to 200, 200 right now. That's super to 200, 200. Uh, your opportunity to win $1,000.
3: You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest.
0: Uh, if you're calling in you'd like to uh, opine on this topic, you're welcome to do so, but it's going to have to put you off until just after 11. We'll have an open window to do it at that time. Brian Walton and Kenny White, we're here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. You're listening to G. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, continuing on here on a Wednesday. Kenny White coming up this hour. We'll go to Vegas. Looking forward to talking to uh, uh, one of the best in the business, Kenny White. But right now, Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. It is Game 5. Winner goes on. Loser goes home, just the way it should be. Um, Flaherty Fulton, which outstanding pitching matchup tonight? Four two. The Fanatics are off the air. You can hear the game right here on KXNO. We join uh, Brian Walton joins the program. Brian, good to talk to you. Trenton, Ken. Well, here we are, game number five, and uh, you know what? As a sports fan, um, this is what we're this is what we live for, right? Deciding game. And at two
4: game fives today. Yeah. Not only the Cardinals and the Braves. But also the Nationals and the Dodgers with Strasburg versus Bueller. So uh, you know whichever two teams make the National League Championship Series, uh, they've got to get through some uh, exciting games here today.
0: No, with outstanding pitching matchups in both of them, as you mentioned. Well, let's get into the Cardinals and you know that outstanding comeback, tenth inning, it looked bleak for them, down a run, but still uh, Braves bullpen and uh, uh, tied the game in the eighth, won it in the tenth. Uh, but let's let's start with Dexter Fowler. Do you think Schilt is entertaining? because he's cold as ice, as you know, Brian. Another 0-5 the other day. Do you think Schilt is entertaining a lineup change at the top of that lineup? It's not like Juan's been tearing the cover off the ball uh, in uh, in any ways. But what about the top of the lineup with Fowler and Wong? or do you just play them and, uh, with the thought being, boy, they're due?
4: Well, Ken, if you and I were making a lineup, we might entertain a switch, but I think we've seen the pattern with Mike Schilt that he sticks with his guys, he sticks with his plan. And Fowler's batting 059, Colton Wong's batting 176. In the postseason, uh, but the reality is if there's nobody else that's hitting well on the entire team except for Marcelo Ozuna and Paul Goldschmidt uh, and, and Yadier Molina, really the 3, 4, 5 guys, and those are the guys that are carrying the Cardinals, and certainly the Cardinals would be in better shape if the table setters were getting on, but you look at Ozuna with three doubles and two homers, and uh, Goldschmidt has four doubles and two home runs, and then, of course, Molina's heroics in Game 4, like you talked about. I think I would be very surprised if Mike Shildt made a change in Game 5.
2: So I was reading an article about tonight's starter at the Post-Dispatch talking about Jack Flaherty and stepping into this role. You'd think a young guy, maybe there'd be some concerns there not talking about it. But the, in the article, they quoted Lucas Giolito. Those two guys played on the same high school team, is that right? And there was one other, too. Really?
0: Yes.
4: Yeah, isn't that, isn't that amazing, That you know, the, the kind of talent that, uh, that they had on the team? And you know, Flaherty grew up in a single-parent household uh, raised by his mom. And, you know, learned, learned toughness. You know, and if you look at his results in the second half of the year, he was the pitcher of the month for the entire National League, not just in August, but also in September. So we're talking about a guy who is clearly the best pitcher in the National League in the second half of the season. And if you remember, not long ago, the Cardinals needed that win in game 162 against the Cubs to hold off the Brewers. They didn't want to wait to see if the Brewers were going to win afterward. So, and that's, you know, Flaherty delivered the goods. So, you know, he's been in these tough situations before, and he's shown that he's the kind of guy that can pitch and go win, and they're going to need it because Fulconevich, you know, was excellent in his start as well.
0: No, he really was. Max Fried was the other on that team. Yes. Ironically. And he'll be ready to go He was. And all three of them, well, not Giolito, but Flaherty and and Max Fried, both in the last game. Here's the thing where I look at this game, Brian. I believe Flaherty can repeat game number two. Look, it didn't go his way. He pitched outstanding through 117 pitches, uh, struck out eight, walked one, gave up three off. All of them earned. Fultonavich, in his own right, also goes seven strikes out seven. But I have more faith in Flaherty duplicating that performance than I do in Fultonavich. Am I crazy to think that way?
4: I don't think so. And Fultonavich, you know, um, has been very strong lately. But he had to go down to the minor leagues in the middle, you know, middle part of the season to kind of get his act together. And you know, he pitched the game of his life uh, in Game Two, whereas you know, Flaherty was going really well until Adam Duval hit that pinch hit yep. two home run you know, two-run home run in the, in the seventh inning. So, you know, if I'm the Braves, if I'm Snicker, I'm going to find a way to get Duvall in that lineup just, you know, because of what he did against Flaherty. But, yeah, if both pitchers bring their best game to the table, the Cardinals should be favored. And if you look at the guys who look at odds, you know, they've got it tilted like 51-41 and 51-49 in, in favor of the Cardinals. But, the, but, you know, if either one of these guys get knocked out early, you give the advantage to the Braves because they've got, not only Freed, as you mentioned, who's thrown two and a third scoreless innings from the left side, but Soroka could come back on a couple of days' rest. Mm. So, you know, if the Braves need multiple innings guides, they're going to be in better shape than if Flaherty gets knocked out early. Then, you know, maybe you see Wainwright. You know, did they bring back Michaelis again? Yeah, not as clear. And then, of course, you know, the problems with Carlos Martinez in the ninth inning. Right.
2: Shilt mentioned Wainwright and him coming out there. It's all hands on deck in this one. You mentioned Martinez. What do you think is happening there? What's going on? Is it more upstairs? Well, certainly
4: the issue with Acuna, you know, uh, the throat slash gesture Mm -hmm. and Molina taking exception to that. But he's also trying to fire up his team. And, uh, you know, I I think another area where the Cardinals really have that edge is with Wainwright and Molina. They've been there. They've won a couple championships. You know, they've been in the playoffs a lot. It's been three years since they've made it. They're nearing the end of their careers. And I think that kind of veteran leadership, that hunger, is you know, the kind of thing that
0: might be the thing that tips the scale in favor of the Cardinals. Brian Walton, the Cardinalnation.com is our guest. It's Miller and Condon on uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Well, since we uh, took one attempt to help Schilt out with this lineup, let's take another swing here, Brian. Uh, are we going to play Matt Carpenter tonight at third base? Uh, he was a nightmare the other day. Uh, what do you do at third base with Carpenter? Is he in or is he out of the lineup?
4: Well, you know, if, if Mike Schill wanted to go for defense, you know, he, he'd uh, uh, put Harrison Bader in center field, move Fowler to right, and then Tommy Edmund back to third. But again, Carpenter's the veteran. As much as he's struggling, you know, I would expect to see Matt Carpenter in there and Harrison Bader to be a, you know, late-game pitch-run defensive replacement. But, you know, as much as we talk about the lineup, I mean, the Braves have kind of got a similar situation, not... Not in that they're three, four, five hitters because they're Freeman, Donaldson, Marquez. They're all hitting below 200. So in the middle of their yeah, lineup, guys point. are
0: struggling.
4: The, the guys the Cardinals have to really keep on base off bases: Acuna at the top, and then Swanson at the bottom, because they've mm-hmm. you know they caused all kinds of havoc for Cardinals pitching.
0: And Albies too it was certainly his last game. Albies was really good in Game Four. Yep.
2: You know, yep. lost lost in that great victory in Game Four and Yadi's heroics late in the game was the Green Sleeve Marcelo Zuna and what he did. Couple of home runs, one early on, one in the middle innings. Azuna, his pop. Very well could be the difference maker it feels like today.
4: Well, and Ozuna, you know, uh, headed out in that final rally, but it was important. He legged it out to avoid a double play mm-hmm. that enabled oh. Molina to hit that sacrifice fly to win the game. So, you know, even Ozuna could have been frustrated after, you know, making it out after it was two big home runs. But, I mean, he showed his wheels, and, you know, that might have been a game-saving play that, that a lot of folks didn't notice.
0: Brian, do you know when the uh, National League Championship Series would start? Is this scheduled for Saturday? Yeah, I Friday? Friday, it is Friday. Wow, that yeah, I'm pretty great.
4: sure it's Friday. Yeah,
0: so 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 right back. Very very interesting. All right, so who do they... And that...
4: uh, you know, of course, of, of course, if the Dodgers win, you they know, they'll must. have home field yep. advantage. But uh, the Nationals, being a being a wild card team, uh, they would uh, they would have to start on the road, which obviously would be a huge yeah. advantage for the Cardinals. So. Cardinals fans are probably pulling for the Nationals to upset the Dodgers.
0: Uh, what? How do you see that, Brian? I mean, it, 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 we talked about at the top; it's a terrific uh, pitching matchup. Uh, Bueller is the heir apparent. Maybe he's already the uh, the one. Kershaw's had a heck of a career, but uh, Father Time catches up with everybody. Not named Tom Brady. It looks like it's, uh, it's finally got to Kershaw. Uh, how do you see this? Uh, the the other NL game today that's going to determine who's going to play uh, to represent the league.
4: Well, as good as Steven Strasburg, uh, you know, has been, I really have to give the advantage to the Dodgers at home and Walker Buehler. You know, still a young guy, but he's been, uh, you know, a fantastic pitcher. And the Dodgers have a little bit more offense. I think it's a close call, but you know, I, I would give the edge to the Dodgers and their experience. But you know, certainly, like I said, Cardinals fans are going to be hoping for the Nationals to find a way to pull out a win in Dodger Stadium.
2: One uh, more for you, a little bit off the field though, in the stadium. Wasn't a sellout for game four. A little bit surprised, the smallest playoff crowd with new Bush Stadium. Any reason behind that? Well, you know, demand has been a little bit soft. If you
4: look at the last few years, the number of home sellouts that the Cardinals had have declined. They've hmm. had a lot of uh, special sales where they've reduced prices. They were selling, uh, you know, tickets for the uh, playoffs games for $20. Hmm. So, so I think it's just a general softness of demand. There's still this sort of carry over from the three years of failures and are they really there? Are they really good enough? And, and you know, plus the issue that, you know, we can see everything on television and, and uh, you know, some folks just don't want to go out, especially during school. A lot of these games have been in the afternoon because, of course, the Dodgers being a West Coast team, they get the late time slot. So then you've got questions of, you know, do I pull the kids out of school? And, you know, so there's a combination of things, I think, that have contributed.
0: Uh, Brian Walton. Well, Brian, you called your shot. You, uh, You were right that there was going to be a game five. Here we are. What's going to happen, Brian? Do the Cardinals move on or go home? I think it's the first guy that blinks,
4: and I think Jack Flaherty going to be a tough as nails, and he's going to find a way to pitch seven, maybe even
0: eight innings. And the Cardinals, I think they'll eke out a win. That's, I'm with you. I don't know if Fultonevich a- can do it again. I'm convinced Jack Flaherty can. Brian, thank you for what you've done for us this week. Appreciate it. Brian Walton, enjoy the game. I hope we have a reason to talk next week. Guys. Indeed, <laughs> so do we. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Brighton. I'm not sure Andrew Downs feels that way. <laughs> well,
2: by that point, we'll be I, into the evening baseball, games. Yeah. Yes. Uh, here is the schedule. Yeah, it'll be game one Friday night in the NLCS. Okay. The ALCS starts on Saturday. There will also be game two of the NCLS on Saturday. Uh, then Sunday will be game two of the ALCS. What and then time, Trent? Don't have times listed, and it'll be dependent on if it's the Dodgers, mm-hmm. if it's the Nationals. Certainly, that'll play a part
0: of that well. Sunday change. night would be American League, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Sunday night would be the American. So, what would you, what would you do, Mister TV guy? Would you the Sunday the Sunday night is not that good, right? Is it Chargers Steelers? Chargers Steelers. You know, yeah. this week uh, yeesh, the prime timers mm-hmm. Thursday night. I mean, tomorrow night. By the way, do you see good good for MLB what they're doing schedule wise? They um, the deciding game five. Astros uh, and the Rays. That game has been moved to, I think it's 5 o'clock. It's gross. Well, it doesn't want to get in the way of football. Well, I want to watch it. Well, why can't you? Because It's at 6 o'clock. I stand correct. It's 6 o'clock. Uh, okay. And football starts at 7.15. Look, the Giants are going to get crushed. It's, it's yeah. what, three touchdowns? I'm going to watch more of the, uh, of the of the baseball, I believe. If it's good, absolutely. If it's good, right. And that's Glassnell versus Garrett Cole. Sign I, me up. Wow, unbelievable. All right, let's talk to Kenny White next. Uh, looking forward to this conversation with Kenny White. Uh, he is one of the pioneers. This guy's 24 years old. Well, he is not now. <laughs> when he was 24 years old in the 80s, he's setting the lines for the biggest properties in Nevada. I mean, what a career this dude has had. Yeah. We've got him. We'll go over a handful of games with uh, Kenny White. Also going to talk to him, as we mentioned, how he plays teasers. We're going to do this with Kenny for, for the next few weeks anyways. We're going to try and get him to educate. I know that there's a lot of folks out there that are just dipping their toe into sports wagering. And this guy is as good as good they uh, as good as they come i uh, going to ask him how he plays teasers to begin before we get into those games.
2: Maybe we can learn something. It be good because there's plenty of theories out there, different things that you do. Key numbers, football yep. 3 and 7. What do you go past it? How far you go past it? If a team's a 3-point dog, what does that mean in getting past that 7 number or the other way? They're favored by three, and you're going through that zero number. See, he says that not doesn't to do matter. That. You remember don't that? do that. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of different theories yeah. and ideas out there.
0: We got one of the best that's going to help us out. Indeed. He does. He's, he's next, rather, as we continue on here. Bill Bender's going to wrap up the show today. College uh, bas- college football, the sporting news is National College football guy. He joins us at 1140. Miller and Condon here until noon. It's Des Moines Sport. Before we do that, I should also mention, Trent, don't forget to get those entries in, folks. Cashinode.com. Yep. Click on the contest link. It's your. Your opportunity to win tickets to see Purdue versus Iowa. Uh, Sign up, KXNO.com. There's no charge. We don't ask you who's going to win the football game between Penn State and Iowa. We just ask you how many total points will be scored. If you're the closest without going over, you've got two tickets to see homecomings. Purdue versus Iowa tilt a week from Saturday at Kinnick Stadium. Miller and Condon back with Kenny White next. It's 1460. You can solve hunger. Streaming live from coast to coast on
1: iHeartRadio, this is 1460
0: KXNO. Alright, welcome back to Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Bill Bender from the Sporting News, 1140. Perhaps Gary Ryma, fingers crossed, we'll talk to Gary Ryma. Preview uh, you and I in uh, North Dakota State. Um, for those of you looking for David Kaplan today, Cappy is off. He's observing Yom Kippur, so uh, Cap joins us tomorrow uh, at some point during the program. But no Cappy today. He's on tomorrow. Kenny White joins us from Las Vegas. Kenny Trenton, Ken, do you do Cappy's show in Chicago ever? I do not. Uh,
1: don't we've, we've never met. I, I've uh, heard the name, but we've never met.
0: I've, I know you you do some radio in Chicago. That's why I thought maybe it was on Cappy's show. Anyways, I got a lot of ground to cover. There's some really good games in college football this week. But as we've been telling the audience, Kenny, just uh, you know, being able to pick your brain, we're very fortunate to do that, and we appreciate it uh, with with your background. I thought maybe we should begin these segments, kind of doing a minute or two, educating. And uh, and getting it from you is will certainly be a treat. And we wanted to talk about you know you mentioned teasers a couple of weeks ago, and you through well you never go below, below the number or go past the number zero. But let's pick your brain. How do you go about playing football teasers at, say six and a half is two the right number? Should you include three games? Tell us about how Kenny White will approach teasers.
1: Yeah, and you know most of my education, Ken, came from being behind the book. And seeing all the teasers come in and, and our whole percentage on those teasers and seeing who was successful and who wasn't successful, the most successful teasers were two-team teasers, always in the NFL, and they were always crossing four key numbers, those key numbers, three, four, six, and seven. So if a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in the NFL, if you can tease down to one-and-a-half, you just crossed over four key numbers. And the same way going the other way, if you can – Usually it's a lot of the professional betters would want to get a home team because we talk about home dogs. So if you can get a home team that's plus one and a half, tease them up to plus seven and a half, you've got great value in that. So again, when you cross zero, you're, you're losing value because a game can't, can't draw, can't fall zero. And the NFL, I guess it can. There is a possibility of a tie. College, there's no possibility of a tie. So, uh, you just, you're just losing. A little bit of value by crossing that zero. So professionals don't do it. And each number has their own um, uh, frequency of falling. As I mentioned, three happens to fall the most in, in college and the NFL, then 7, then 4, then 6, then 10. And it's obviously the key numbers and how, how the scoring works in, in, uh, in football. So when you can cross over as many key numbers as you can, the more value you have on a
0: teaser.
2: Speaking of value, Kenny, another part that I find interesting, different casinos will have different numbers when you're teasing or even parlaying the NFL versus college. Is it just because there's 130 teams in college football, more variants? Is that the reason behind it?
1: Well, there, yeah, there shouldn't be. Um, the NFL, you should have to pay more. When I first started in the business, a two-team teaser was even money. You put up a hundred to win a hundred. Now you're lucky to find one ch- minus one ten. If you are, that's still really good value. But college football, the numbers don't fall as much as they do in the NFL because of the parity. Parity in the NFL brings those games that much closer. College football just isn't there. You could find that parity though when you're talking about. You know, the top SEC teams playing or two top 10 teams playing against each other. The parity is there in the number at that point, and it's more worth to play a teaser in those type of games.
0: So would you recommend, if somebody wants to get into the tri-teaser, you know, stay away from college football, focus on the NFL? Would that be your recommendation?
1: Yeah, most definitely. There's more value there. Uh, But again, there there is some value in the the college teasers when you're teasing the same way that if you have a seven-point favorite that you really like, you can tease them down. And I always suggest even in the NFL, money lines are really good because we, cro- we talk about we don't want to cross zero. Well, money line parlay does just as well. If you're, if you have a team that's minus three and another team that's minus four and a half, you lose value on a teaser, but you can money line parlay those two just to win the game straight up. If they both win by three points. You, you you'll hit your money line parlay where you would have lost a regular parlay because neither team cro- you know covered that that point spread. So money line parlays are also very valuable. But again, you just got it's it's all about money management mm-hmm. and 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 making those type of smart wagers uh, instead of just going crazy and say, well, let me get to a five, six, seven team teaser. If so many seven team teasers, eight team teasers, it's amazing. How many people win every single game? but just one. It was one game. That's all it takes for the book. The book needs just one winner. You need seven winners.
0: (laughs) Kenny White, Uh, uh, Professor Kenny White, sports. Been there uh, a time or two. Yeah, indeed. Everybody has, no doubt about it. Well, let's get to the games this week. So We mentioned at the top, it's a really good week of college football. And, Kenny, I know there's two game fives in baseball tonight. I know you're a baseball guy and, and clearly he's got my attention. But, boy, oh, boy. I'm glad I looked at the Sun Belt standings today before I went on the air. We've got the East and the West Division leaders. You know what? For a Wednesday night in early October, not bad action in the belt of all places.
1: You're right. And what an exciting game it's going to be because both these coaches, Elijah Drinkwitz with App State, uh, in his set, uh, first, he's in his first year, came from North Carolina State offensive coordinator. He loves a fast-paced, up-tempo game. He's got a really good quarterback. And then Lafayette Billy Napier, he came from Alabama. He was a wide receiver coach there five years. Got the head, got the offensive coordinator job at Arizona State. Did such a nice job there. Got hired by Lafayette. He's in his second year now, and uh, his teams love to go up tempo. They score points. The, the least of points they've got this year twenty eight points. That was against Mississippi State on a neutral. That was the slowest scoring game they've had. So I, last year thirty to nineteen App State won the game. I think this year is more of a shootout. Both teams right now combine the average 91.4 points per game, and we're going over 70. It's actually gone up a little bit here this morning, up to 71. So um, I think we're going to a very entertaining football game, a lot of points tonight.
2: To the Big Ten, uh, an intriguing one in my mind with Wisconsin and Michigan State. Historically, if you're a believer in historical trends, Michigan State doesn't get blown out two weeks in a row. They're blown out last week by Ohio State. The Badgers have looked incredibly good. What are you seeing with the Spartans in Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, the Wisconsin's really impressed me. This football team has had a great start to the season. I definitely had them underrated to begin the year. Uh, they've outplayed my number in four or five games, but it just seems like to me, like my number's starting to catch up to them, where I was way off on South Florida, way off on Central Michigan. Michigan game, I think the score is a little misleading. And then again, it's not because Wisconsin had such a big lead. But when you turn the ball over four times like Michigan did, that's that's news, and that's why they were they were beaten. And I will Iowa, Iowa completely outplayed Michigan this past week. Should have won the game by teams that much. And Michigan won the and that's why they won the football game. But their team, I thought from watching, so, Wisconsin. And, uh had the let against Northwestern. They only win below my number in this past week against Kent State, a very weak uh opponent. Uh they went forty eight nothing in a football game. I thought they played right to the number. I thought that's you should have won by in that situation in that game. Now it's Michigan State, a team now with two losses, um lost a close one to uh, Arizona State, and then the, the beat down by Ohio State last weekend. They have to rebound. It was a big game, a big conference game, and it's going to be low scoring. The total is indicative of that, of how it's moved, and I think the total can continue to pop. So at 37, when you're looking at a game like this, I think the only way you can look is at the underdogs.
0: Interesting. Kenny White Sports. Kenny, move a foot or two to your left or your right. Your cell's breaking up a little bit on us. Uh,
1: let... oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that... I'm not moving. I'm in the same spot. All right.
0: <laughs> let, let, us go to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas really banged up. West Virginia played them tough last week. I was surprised, uh, that they did, but they did. I'm not sure if Texas was looking ahead to this, but this game, you know, when Texas, uh, is a dog in this one, they're, they're usually at their, uh, at their toughest. Oklahoma, Texas, give us a minute on that one.
1: Yeah, two really good coaches. Uh, they're both in their third year, but they've played four times already. Oklahoma's won two of the three. But Texas has covered two of the three. Two of the three have gone under the total. Tom Herman's a really good coach. He's proved that because when he was at Houston, when he got there, the program was in disarray. He had two great years. As soon as he left, program went back into disarray. So that means he's a really good coach. And looking at his underdog um Uh, his results as an underdog. Some of the games were really tight because it was, it was a one point dog or two point dog. He's 13, two and one in all the games, but I looked at games that he was getting seven or more points. Nine and one ATS. He won six of those straight up and seven of those 10 games went under the total. I really think this is going to be a tighter game than the total indicates, and I think Texas is going to be in this game all the way with a shot to win. I think Tom Herman is the better coach in my mind right now because he's done more with two different programs than Lincoln Riley did with a program that he was handed over from Bob Stoops' talent.
0: KennyWhitesports.com is where you can find Kenny. You can, join, uh, you can sign up to join Kenny. It's, a, it's for the year. It's not like for the season. It's for 365 days. Kenny, we literally have 30 seconds. Give me a take on West Virginia hosting Iowa State.
1: My Iowa State boys look good again last week, uh, especially when they play at home. I'm a little worried this week. I think the number's just a little too high going back out on the road. I think Iowa State wins the game, but I think they may have trouble covering that big point spread uh, this week against
0: West Virginia. Kenny KennyWhitesports.com, college and NFL, Kenny?
1: Yeah, college and NFL, both. to $69 for the entire year. Like you said, we had several people from Iowa sign up last week after the show, Ken, so thank you very much. and. I hope they enjoy the site. I've had a lot of great feedback on uh, the numbers, the projections, the power ratings. It's it's all fascinating stuff for people to look to, and we're going to continue to add to it um, every week as much as we can.
0: Kenny, we're out of time. Great stuff. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. For-